Welcome to Tin Pan Alley. I and I'm floating. I'm never this open, but you make me wanna try. Lost in the moment. I'm gone and I know it. I could do this all night. My name's Joe, and I created this podcast for everyone who loves songwriting and art and everything creative as much as I do. I'm so glad you tuned in, and I hope you'll enjoy this episode. May it inspire you to be creative. Welcome back to another episode of the Tin Pan Alley podcast. Um, I believe every song tells a story and I'm super curious to hear about the stories behind the songs of my next guest. He was kind of born in the wrong decade, um, but he transports listeners back in time to the spirit of Woodstock. Welcome, Mibloni. Hello. Thank you. It's great to have you on the show. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So how would you describe your music? Maybe, I don't know, maybe you have three words maybe to describe your music. Um, how would you How would you do that? Um... Is Woodstock a, a good a good um, term for you to describe your music? Woodstock is, is is um, I mean I like to use the term Woodstock like the 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 uh, this word Woodstock because it's or this 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 thing Woodstock because mm -hmm. it's not really um, everybody has a picture when they hear Woodstock. Um, mm -hmm. Although it was like I mean there were so many fucked up things about this festival back then. But that's not what the people think about when they hear Woodstock. They think of love and mm -hmm. peace and freedom and, and stuff like that. And the mm -hmm. music, especially, like the this old rock music and this folk music from, from the 60s. And, um, and that's what I'm really into. And that's what I like to transport with my music, too. Um, mm -hmm. And although I'm not really... I mean, I'm, I'm not even like a... Um, spiritual guy or uh, not into happenings or hippie stuff like that but uh, mm -hmm. i like that i like that whole music vibe that mm -hmm. rock and roll vibe although i play acoustic music mainly but yeah so three words um it's difficult <laughs> but so it's, uh, three words are not enough um, nah. that's okay that's perfectly fine <laughs> i think um i mean woodstock is a pretty good um term to get an idea of what kind of spirit um you you want to convey or are into i mean i really also love the music of the 60s and 70s and um i i really get the fascination with that time mm. um especially well it's interesting folk and 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 the rock crossover that also happened there um but um yeah uh what would you say um like first interested you in in, in that music i mean it's very I guess specific or not many people I guess listen to that music yeah not so many generation. young young people right yeah. yeah um I think uh my parents did quite a good job um when it comes to that to do music education and um because they've been listening to a lot of this stuff and um they gave me this Woodstock dvd as a present for easter i think uh, when i was like 14 maybe um and i've been binge watching it like, before people uh, called this binge watching or binging um i've been uh watching this dvd uh for weeks and weeks all over again and um and i love the music and i love the i don't know the, um 
there are so many things that I learned many years later about Woodstock and about all the bands that played there um, that I just didn't really care about in that age. I just really loved the music and I loved these performances. Um, and although I was more into punk rock back then, uh, this really, this really, um, um, yeah, it influenced me a lot. Yeah. It's kind of like a revelation. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Whole, yeah, I, I totally understand that. Um, what is your favorite, or do you have a favorite performance of Woodstock or, or several, like, who really spoke to you um, after um, those performers? I think uh, I really loved it. I mean, the, the DVD I got, it was just like, it wasn't the, the whole six hours Woodstock movie. It was like a like one or two songs of... Uh, not even all the bands that played there, just some of them. Um, uh, and I think uh, Judy Blue Eyes by Crosby, Stills, Nash. That was really, oh, fuck, I really love that. And when they, like, the, the, the performance starts and, and they say, this is our second gig. And I was like, what the fuck? How can they play? I mean, I, what I didn't know back then, that they were all in huge bands beforehand. And... Um, they were, yeah, that they were these kind of this kind of super group back then already. I thought it's just a new band, and they just started playing, and now they have their second gig in front of a in front of this huge audience. And but also they they start the the their performance with this is our second gig. We're scared shitless, and, and then they play this beautiful song with these beautiful harmonies. Um, yeah, I always love that, and then of course uh, Jimi Hendrix with the uh, the famous Star Spangled Banner intro. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like the, the, or Santana, the Soul Sacrifice uh, is the song that's on the, on the DVD. Oof, that's so fucking beautiful. I really love it. Yeah, I think maybe these three. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I also really love Hendrix and, um, it's interesting that you mention, I mean, the, the Star Spangled Banner um, <laughs> version, because uh, you also have a song, we'll get to that later, that <laughs> kind of feels, feels similar yeah, yeah. to that. Um, <laughs> you just mentioned uh, that, um, uh, you know, that to uh, Crossbeat was the first or the second uh, gig or yeah. something, uh, <laughs> as a band there. Mm. Um, and But you haven't uh, only played two gigs so far. I mean, you've been um, at least traveling. three. <laughs> yeah, at least three. <laughs> yeah, you've been uh, traveling a lot and uh, performing in all kinds of places. Maybe not uh, uh, at something similar to Woodstock yet, but maybe someday <laughs> <laughs> if that happens again. Um, but yeah, uh, you've been traveling a lot and busking uh, all across Europe. Um, I'm yeah. super interested in that. Um, so, um, where have you played um, so far? Um, it actually all started uh, very close to my hometown. Um, like the nearest bigger city is called Wiesbaden, and um, yeah, and I started busking there a lot uh, when I was still living in that uh, in that area in my hometown. Um, mm -hmm. How old were um, you then? Uh, maybe like around 20, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I, moved, uh, I moved to Hamburg actually when I was 19, but then like one or two years later, I moved back to my hometown. And then it took me another few years to come to Berlin. 
Um, and between Hamburg and Berlin, I started busking um, in Wiesbaden first and in Mainz. That's like the the other city across the river. Um, and then I uh, always, when I went to visit friends in, in different cities uh, over Germany, like all the old friends that moved away already <laughs> before I moved away, um, I went to visit them like in Hamburg or in Cologne. Um, and I always try to to combine it with playing on the street in these cities. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's actually um, one time when I went to Berlin to visit my brother who was living here before me. Um, I think it was the first or second time I came to Berlin and I wanted to play on the street. And I was too afraid because there were so many people and so many other musicians. And then, um, and then I found this spot where nobody was. Um, and I... I put down my guitar back in front of me and I, uh, I started playing a few chords and I looked around and everybody was just looking mean and <laughs> really stressed. Um, and then I just played like one song and I just stopped and I just went to, back to my brother. Um, and then now I know what the problem was. I went to fucking Friedrichstraße and I wouldn't, I would never do that again now because it's, yeah, I don't like that area very much. It's just too, mm-hmm. yeah, too too many rich tourists i think and that was maybe yeah. the problem i didn't know the good spots um yeah friedrichstraße yeah. for anyone not familiar with berlin is a, a very big shopping street and <laughs> very closely close to the main uh, central station and uh, yeah not the best place to start no. <laughs> yeah oh well that's that's still very brave you know to i mean i think um that it's you know a really cool challenge for someone to do street music but um yeah i mean i can understand um getting nervous jitters before, <laughs> before yeah. that. um i mean i got to i got to know the the good spots uh after i moved here because then um my like i would say my actual busking career <laughs> if you can call it like that um actually just started after I moved to Berlin uh, in 2014 um because then I like I got I got a busking amp and I uh found someone else to play with and we were this duo uh and we just played uh almost every day for like a year or two um um like playing at Warschauer Straße which is a lovely which used to be a lovely spot for for buskers I think um, now there's a bit too much construction sites going on, but, um, yeah, or, uh, Sundays at Mauer Park, which is like the, the most beautiful place to play for buskers. We can't really earn much money because there are just too many buskers, but it's also like a cool community and, uh, yeah, we got to know a lot of cool people, a lot of cool other buskers. Um, and then if the money was, uh, more important than the fun, we went to places like uh, Charlottenburg or like uh, uh, near KDW, which is this huge uh, fancy shopping mall. Um, and so some, sometimes we ended up uh, having like 150 euro each after a few hours of busking um, when we played there. So that was, uh, yeah, but it wasn't so much fun. Um, that was just when the money was tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's also something about uh, the vibe of a place, right? Like um, how people are 
responding or just just even you know if it feels cozy there or not yeah. so much um yeah that can definitely influence um how you feel as a busker um but yeah so what did you um what got you started with busking i mean i think that's that's quite an you know i mean as you said it, it takes a lot of nerve to to start that um what was your first um, inspiration for that um i think um, glenn hansard actually the irish musician because he's uh, like he used to uh, do busking a lot um i read uh, that he i don't know if um i think it's like a normal thing in ireland um i'm not so sure but uh, that you leave school for one year when you're about 13 um so i think like seventh grade or something uh you leave school for one year and you do like an internship or like a yeah like a one year of working somewhere and then you come back to school um and he was asking his music teacher what to do in that time and the music teacher actually told him go on the street play music just go busking and then he did that and then he didn't return to school because he um just loved it so much so he spent his youth just busking on the streets and uh that's what I read some years ago. I don't know if that's uh, how accurate <laughs> that is, but um, yeah. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, I was a big, a really big fan of him uh, back then. He's, I'm still a fan of him um, or his music, but uh, yeah, it was huge for me back then. And um, like him and also Damien Rice, who's been uh, also traveling around and busking a lot uh, all over Europe. And I think that that was like the, the main reason why I started because I thought that's what I want to do. That's that sounds so cool. <laughs> they, I love yeah. their, their music and uh, my music is heavily inspired by their music. Uh, so I want to try that. And then I tried it and I loved it. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, I mean, what I really love about busking as well is just this feeling of, of freedom in a way. Mm -hmm. And, and, and also that, that direct, response from the audience you know yeah, you're yeah. right smack dab in in the action where people are and mm -hmm. um, it's not about marketing it's just literally about you and your music and um yeah that's that's very exciting yeah. um, have you had um an experience or two that that happened to you while busking that you like to recall um was there like a special a special occasion or a day that you that you always like to think back on um there are two things that i uh that i would like to say uh like one thing um it's not one special date or one special day um mm -hmm. it was more like a thing that happened sometimes mm. mm -hmm. but i always loved it a lot and there are actually i think like two pictures uh of me busking with a little child uh, in front of mm -hmm. me dancing and that actually happened a couple of times that uh like a mother or a, a family with their uh, young child um, just walked by and the child uh, just stood there and just stared at me and then started dancing to my music. Um, and that was so, so fucking cute and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that that's one thing. And the other thing is actually a really funny thing that happened to me in front of that uh, KDV, that uh, fancy shopping mall thing. Um, I was playing there. And there was this old guy looking at me and I looked at him and then I recognized him and it was actually my old uh, music teacher from school. 
Um, oh. And then, and he, I think he wasn't sure, and he uh, uh, kept on walking and walked away. Um, and then after a few minutes, he came back and looked at me again. And then I said, "Hello, Herr Krema." <laughs> hey. <laughs> and then he looked at me. Oh. It's you. I know you. I remember you. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I'm here with my wife and we're on holiday. And <laughs> so, yeah, and I haven't seen him for like, at least 15 years before that. And, um, and he was always uh, very supportive of my music. Uh, and um, yeah, and he was really happy that I'm still playing music and that I'm still doing what I love. And yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um... Are you actually busking a lot? Um, not a lot, but I've mm. I've been busking <laughs> in the past. Mm. Um, I think uh, Corona kind of put a damper on that for for some yeah. reason. I feel like I really want to get back into that. Um, and definitely, yeah, definitely can relate to to also this feeling of getting nervous before a gig. But once you actually start and you um and you play, um, after a few minutes, you really forget about mm. you know whatever your ego you know, yeah. and it's just just really about having a good time and, and everyone else seems to have a good time but i've also really um love that um that moment when when families stop by you know, mm -hmm. and kids and uh, that that seems to be just they are just very honest you know <laughs> they like yeah. something yeah. um and and they love to dance which i feel like uh grown-ups not don't always like to mm -hmm. do you know or, or or they're well we're all like you know decent and we behave and whatever <laughs> Um, and kids just, you know, they're like, um, they're very honest and mm. true. The um, free spirits. <laughs> exactly. Like the, the, yeah, in, in a sense, maybe that's also a little bit of what Woodstock, you know, mm. uh, evoked in people that kind of childlike yeah. wonder and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, There's a beautiful, um, uh, beautiful song and beautiful part on that Woodstock DVD um, of uh, John Sebastian playing a song. Um, and it's about, uh, yeah, about generations and how, how it's sometimes really difficult to understand each other. And, uh, but also about letting the young people discover their own way. And, and then while he's playing that, they, uh, they're showing a lot of young babies and children just being, being free, being themselves and some just naked, some just dancing on the, on the stage, actually, um, and it's really beautiful, yeah. John Sebastian. That, for some reason, I know this is a really random connection, <laughs> but I, it just made me think of a Cat Stevens song, actually, mm. which is uh, Where Do the Children Play? Oh, I love it. I really love it. I For some reason, just that thought came to me. I was mm. like, this is, you know, that's where the children are, you know, that's what we should create more yeah. spaces for children to play. And mm. um uh, I know that you are influenced by Cat Stevens mm. as well. I, I read it somewhere um, on on your uh, social media, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So, which kind of leads me to the next question. So, um, what musicians um, have influenced you on your on your path to becoming a musician? I think, uh, like I said earlier, um, I was a lot into punk rock when I started mm -hmm. music. Um, also, when I started playing. Um, or not when I started playing, I started playing the piano when I was like seven, I think. Um, and yeah, back then I was probably into music that my older sister gave me. So probably some nineties boy band pop music, <laughs> Backstreet Boys. Um, yeah, without my own opinion, uh, being so young, but then later 
12 or 13, I think I had my first band. And mm-hmm. it was a punk rock band, a really shitty punk rock band. Um, <laughs> and we were influenced by, yeah, by punk bands, like uh, um, a lot by the German punk band Die Ärzte. Um, and also we were all uh, big Nirvana fans and Sex Pistols. Um, and then Green Day, uh, yeah, stuff like that. Uh, and then it actually changed a bit because there was this band from my hometown that played like old rock music and I was really into that. And then my parents gave me that Woodstock DVD and it, it all kind of shifted uh, and changed to that direction to listening to more old music. And then, um, but today, I mean, it's been a long journey and there have been uh, several other genres involved that I've been into, like metal and other stuff. But um, for now, for today, I would say... Um, it's really mainly uh, people like Cat Stevens or um, Neil Young um, and um, the Beatles a lot uh, that influence me. I always feel a bit generic when I say that the Beatles are my favorite band, but because that's something that so many people say. But I think <laughs> a lot of people don't really understand what it means to actually. Uh, like to know every single note in each song and uh know all the the stuff about the songs and um yeah i think yeah that's that's the few musicians or bands mm-hmm. i mean the beatles are are just amazing you could even like call them some kind of north star to to yeah, um, to yeah. rock or pop music as we know it today you know i mean i i um I have mad respect for for the Beatles, and you know, I mean, I I also agree. I mean, there's uh, there, it's one thing to like songs like um, I don't know, "Love Me Do" or mm. uh, "She Loves You," and then it's another thing to dive deeper into just their whole yeah. work and their what just their musical process, even how they evolved as musicians mm. and personalities, and I mean, yeah, that, there's just so much to them. Uh, which is amazing. Do you have like a special song of the Beatles that comes to your mind right now that you really love or or an album that you feel most drawn to? I've been thinking about that so much that it's like, it's mm-hmm. not possible for me to answer yeah. to answer that. It's like um picking yeah. a favorite child or something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I get it. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like uh Maybe for the last few months, it's been more Abbey Road. And then before that, I've been uh, obsessed with the White Album. And then, mm-hmm. uh, But it changes all the time. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't really say. Uh, and I could never pick one song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, though, uh, I really do hear um, some Beatle influence on on your new album, actually, that you just uh, released. Which, which is not to say that it's um, that it's like a copy of it. It's just an influence that that I can hear. You know? I hope. <laughs> yeah, it's very exciting um, that you just brought. Uh, you just released it. Um, it's called "A Lot of Freaks." Yeah, a lot of freaks. Which is actually a, a Woodstock reference. Uh, this one folk musician called Arlo Guthrie. Um, and as I said, uh, on that 
DVD that I have, they only play like one or two songs of each musician. So it just cuts right to the song or to like, uh, there's not much uh, in between the songs. Like um, the Who play and then right after they end the song, uh, it cuts to the next musician and then they play and then they play. And um, and when it cuts to Olo Guthrie, he just uh, comes close to the mic and he looks around and says, a lot of freaks, <laughs> and then he starts the song. <laughs> I love, always loved that, and I, oh, that was always stuck in my head. That uh, yeah, looking around and seeing all those hippie, weird people, um, and I, I also always had the feeling like uh, being in Berlin and just like being on the train or uh, going out uh, to a park in summer, um, or meeting up with uh, with people from the folk scene or. Uh, from the music scene, uh, yeah, you could always just look around and say a lot of freaks. <laughs> That's uh, it's it's time that I use this phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of freaks in the most loving way, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> freaks is yeah. always uh, it was always a good word for me. I was always mm-hmm. proud to be a freak. <laughs> yeah, so so you you're one of them. Uh, I'm I'm one of them too. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I really love the songs on your new album. And I was thinking maybe we can talk uh, to uh, talk about some of them, um, and um, maybe after that we can dive a little bit into your songwriting process and and your thoughts behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, so one song I thought was um, very very uh, nice. Also a little bit. Well, it's a little bit depressing, <laughs> as well. <laughs> but musically, it's very interesting because it's called it's called Another Day, mm-hmm. um, and the themes I picked up on are something like dealing with isolation um, and uh, what that means, and, and wanting your own space, but also being conflicted about it a little bit. Um, do you want to maybe share a few of your thoughts on Another Day? Yeah. Um... It's actually funny because I, it, it it could be like a um, like a pure Corona song or like a quarantine mm-hmm. song or lockdown song, but it's actually not. It's uh, it happened years before Corona, um, uh, like right after I moved to Berlin. Actually, uh, I wrote that song, um, like coming to this new city, not really knowing anybody. Uh, I mean, as I said before, my brother lived here before, um, and we moved in together after I came here. Um, and but still, he had to work a lot, and um, I was by myself a lot. Um, and I actually enjoyed it uh, most of the time, <laughs> like just mm-hmm. uh, walking around in the streets and looking at stuff and. Um, just having this quiet life for the first month, maybe before I started uh, doing stuff like and getting to know more people, and yeah. But before that, I was just having this really quiet time. And um, coming from a small town where everybody knows each other, it was such a relief to just be, just <laughs> sit here and just be, and not mm-hmm. not giving a shit about anything and not uh worrying about uh um i don't know i i went outside in my jogging pants and um just not caring that uh, like, uh somebody is going to call my mother and like just you know your how your son looks and uh just yeah and so i wrote this song uh about 
being alone and enjoying it, uh, but also being there for other people another day. I'm I'm still around. I'm still here for you. You can call me anytime. I'm I'm there, but just not now. Now I need this quiet mm -hmm. time, and I'm happy uh, to be by myself. I'm going to be there for you another day. Mm -hmm. I feel like I work in a similar way that in that sense that I do enjoy being with people, but I'm, then I also need time to <laughs> recharge sometimes. Yeah. Um, another song that uh, I would like to talk about is um, something that I mentioned earlier that uh, something that reminds me a lot of the well in, in a way you know as being inspired of that Hendrix um, version of the Star Spangled Banner you have a song called the Blood Spangled Banner yeah it starts kind of bluesy um, do, do you have like uh, the America blues <laughs> yeah definitely yeah it's a very American sounding song <laughs> but that's the Uh, that's the thing about it, like being the um, sounding like all these cool blues rock bands from the U.S. and admiring all that, but also being very critical of what's happening there. Yeah, you sing about uh, guns and mm. uh, the Bible Belt yeah. and those kind of things um, that that kind of are not as not the attractive parts. Yeah. Of the news. yeah. And I also sing that they could be so cool because there are so many cool things. They could be so cool without the lunacy. Like, um, why do you have to be so weird about so many things? Like, there's so many good and cool things coming from that country. But also, like, all that shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's a very mixed, mixed um, mm. <laughs> of <laughs> things and, and uh, experiences. Um, in the song, you sing um, that... Uh, you've never seen the USA, I right? Think something you've repeated yeah. there, and is that still true? It's still true. I've never, I've never it? been there actually. Uh, everything I know about the US is just from, yeah, what everybody knows from <laughs> TV, from from the media's, <laughs> which is also like, uh, I mean, people told me that man, you have to go there, you have to experience it, and it will change your mind. I'm not sure. Um, I mean, I want to go there at some point, but I, I don't know if it's going to change my mind because I already know that there are cool things and I already know that there are uh, cool people. I know a lot of Americans, of course, like US Americans. It's very important to talk mm -hmm. about uh, USA, not America, not the, because uh, that's so much more. Um, but I mean, I'm, I know a lot of US Americans that are really cool and, um, that are my friends here in Berlin or that, that have been traveling and I met them here. And, um, and I'm sure that once I go there, I'm going to meet cool people. Um, and I probably won't end up in a super conservative, uh, town somewhere in Texas or in, in a good old Bible <laughs> belt. Uh, I won't, I won't go there uh, and I won't meet these, uh, old racist idiots, I think. Um, but I, I still know that there are, They are there. Um. It's very, it's a very different world sometimes. Yeah, um, that is that is very true. Um, I think it's um, a very very interesting play on words, um, blood spangled banner, because you know, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's just such a such a such a conflicted country. I feel like a conflicted nation. Mm. It's such big ideals, and then failing often to yeah. live up to them. Um, 
And even yeah. like sometimes living the direct opposite of that, um, of their ideals. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so interesting because, you know, I think um, that the US has such a big influence, you know, as you said, like in, in music, um, how um, even mm. like the Beatles that we talked about um, were so heavily influenced by US musicians. And yeah, there's so much great stuff coming out of the US. And, and we're all sort of, even here in Europe, we're all thinking about the US a lot whether we want to or not i feel um also it's it's weird knowing how to feel about um about that place yeah yeah but um so uh this was uh yeah another song i, I wanted to talk about but i would also love to hear about your personal uh if you have a personal favorite song <laughs> There's, uh, there's one one more thing yeah. i have to say about uh blood spangled banner um mm-hmm. because it's uh um also the like the the recording on the album means a lot to me like i played most the instruments on the album myself like i, I tried most uh, of the instruments and there are just a few that I, that i just couldn't play um or that i knew uh like for example the the uh harmonica intro for that song i wanted to have my good friend uh seba on it um who's playing a lot of uh, harmonica for uh all kinds of people in the Berlin music scene. Um, and he's just a really good musician in general. He's also a good guitar player and uh, just, yeah, but uh, people mainly know him for his harmonica mm-hmm. playing. Um, and I wanted to have him on it. And then I asked like about 30 people, I think, because uh, that was all during Corona and during the lockdown. Uh, and I wanted to have like a choir of people singing that um uh, star spangled banner part like the, the 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 one that i changed a bit uh like da, 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 da. i put it the this one one note in minor so it's not like the yeah so it's more bluesy um and i wanted to have this whole choir shouting that because uh i've played it so many times on different open mics and gigs and people always are chanting uh with me like this part is always like the the one that everybody is just singing along to. And I wanted to have this on the, on the record. Um, but then I couldn't really, uh, like arrange a meetup with 30 people, uh, in one room. Uh, so I asked all of them to just, uh, record it at home and send it to me. Mm. And then it took some tricks, uh, to make it sound like a, like they're actually all in one room. Like I, I mixed all of it and I put some distortion on it and then I played it again through huge speakers and I recorded it again through one mic and uh, like different things. And um, yeah, a lot of them are just like phone recordings, like just re- people recording on their phone and just sending it to me. Uh, but there are like, I don't, I don't actually know, like 20 something people from the uh, Berlin folk scene, music scene, and then also from all over the world of, uh people from Sweden, from Australia, from from the UK. Um I'm, I'm not really sure if I have, if I have anyone from the US. Uh <laughs> it could be, it could be, but um yeah there are just all kinds of people uh singing along to that uh part. Da, 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 yeah, yeah. And I'm really grateful for all of them joining me for that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. It's like a huge choir. 
of amazing musicians from all over the place. So cool. Um, <laughs> which is kind of interesting, you know, like this, um, in a way that's, that's the most American it can get in a way, if you're idealistic about it, <laughs> you know, like having, having like a unity out of many, many nations in a way. Um, oh, there's an American. I just, uh, I just checked on the album cover, uh, like, uh, inside I have, uh, written down all their names. Um, yeah. And it's people from Ireland, from Scotland, from Germany. My parents are on there too. Uh, yeah. Now I see, I think two people from the U S yeah, well, that's so cool. I, I also really love, um, your recording process. Maybe we can talk about that, um, in a second. Uh, I just mm? wanted to, uh, get back to also, um yeah what what would your favorite song be on the album i mean maybe this one but maybe there's a, another one um as well that you can think of i think my favorite one is it's one of the shortest song i've ever written i think and um and i was shocked when i learned how short it is um because it doesn't feel like it because there are like many different parts in it but everything happens quite quickly <laughs> so uh, it's apple pie Apple pie. Yeah. I think that's my favorite one. It's a it starts as a like a cute uh folk song but then turns into this psychedelic journey and then just to come back to this sweet folk thing and then it's over. <laughs> and that all in like two minutes and something. Yeah, wow. That is quite short, but I also yeah. I, I listened to it a couple of times and I also it didn't feel that short. Mm. It felt like yeah, no, I like that. Like that musical journey as well, um, which I yeah. think to me I feel like feels like the perfect summer song. To be honest, um, just just uh, apple pie and pineapple juice and, mm. and all these things, <laughs> coconut milk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also what I what I personally liked about it is that at some point you have this um, uh, ragtime or saloon part uh, in it you know, where you have the accompaniment, um, the piano mm -hmm. does something, and yeah, the honky tonk, honky tonk yeah. piano. To <laughs> mm -hmm. so feel transported to some kind of western, maybe <laughs> you know, something like that. Yeah, I mean, um, that is that is a really cool song. Um, Thank you. How did? Yeah, how how did you? What what vibe uh, were you going for, or what thoughts did you have when when writing Apple Pie? I think it was actually meant to be like a, uh, or not meant. I, I I never mean to mm -hmm. to. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I write songs and then they just happen somehow. But mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, like I said, it started as this sweet f uh, folk tune. And I thought that's the direction I'm going in. Um, mm -hmm. Just, yeah, another of these uh, kind of standard <laughs> folky <laughs> country-ish. Yeah. Um, and then I had these, uh, I think, like two verses. Um, and I couldn't really continue. I I didn't really know how what to do now because I thought, okay, if I'm gonna stay like this, it's gonna get boring now. Uh, <laughs> something has to happen now, or I just don't continue. Um, which also happens a lot. I, I write a lot of songs and I just don't continue. I never finish them, and mm -hmm. then sometimes I reuse parts of them. But like a lot of the stuff I write, just never, never gets to see the uh, daylight or. <laughs> But um, with this one, I um, I really liked it because the lyrics were um, they they can mean nothing or they can mean so much. 
And mm-hmm. there are things that I thought while writing them, but I'm I'm never gonna tell because uh, I heard so many cool things <laughs> people were uh, uh, inter- interpreting in that song, uh, and I really like what they thought the song is about. And <laughs> so I'm never gonna say what I actually thought because that's just gonna solve the mystery, and then nobody's like, yeah, I like every uh, every version. Mm, of people's uh, interpretation, and because uh, the the lyrics seem so uh, weird and non like nonsense, um, I felt okay. Something weird has to happen now, um, because I have this standard folk thing uh, with these weird lyrics, and something weird has to happen now to to round up that uh, that vibe. And then I actually don't really remember how the, the, the psychedelic part came uh, came up with that. This was meant to happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I blacked oh, I out for it. 10 minutes and I woke up and I had the recording there. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Um, kind of like a Paul McCartney um, moment, maybe. Like, I think he, he dreamed about uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Mother Mary so came, came, to his, uh, came to him in his dream. Yeah, that is. I, mean, I think there was some um, thing. It was "Let It Be" uh, when he was super stressed, and he woke up, and she came to him in his dream and just told him, "Paul, let it be." <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I feel like writing from dream experiences next level songwriting. Mm. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, how how do you usually write your songs? Um, I mean, you mentioned a little bit about what you were thinking about apple pie, but do you have a typical process? Like maybe start with lyrics first um, or do you start with rhythm first or how do you do it? It happened sometimes, um, or maybe most of the times, it actually happened that I have a like a cool quote or a cool sentence or a cool word sometimes, just uh, just one word in my head that I really like. And then the song just kind of builds around that one sentence or that one word. Um, and then also really often I just... Um, I can't really sit down and uh, and force myself. I, I can do that, but uh, these are never the songs that I'm keeping. That I'm playing them for one week, and then I think, yeah, okay, that's, that's not going to happen. And I just throw them out again. Um, but the songs that I'm keeping are... Um, most of the time it's just randomly happening, uh, just coming to my head. And sometimes in the weirdest moments when I'm uh, outside or when I'm doing something, then uh, I have to run to the toilet and record it on my phone, uh, just uh, humming it in, 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 the, in my phone. Then when I actually sit down to write it, uh, really often the melody and the lyrics happen at the same time. Um, yeah, I could, I couldn't really, uh, I could never really write a, write the whole, uh, like the, all the, all of the lyrics down and then put it into a song. I think I'm not enough of a, I don't know, of a poet for that. <laughs> uh, I'm more of a musician and then, and the, and the lyrics just serve the song. Like they, um, they don't really... Sometimes they mean a lot, but sometimes they're just nonsense, and sometimes they they just um, 
for example, in another song on, on the album, A Couple of Days. It's just a really generic story about being in love and about missing your uh, loved one while being on tour as a musician. And it's just really generic. Uh, and the lyrics are just fitted into that. That's a very interesting process. I feel like uh, when I write songs, it's usually about, I, I get stuck so much with the lyrics mm. and, you know, um, because I'm a big Bob Dylan fan and I'm always stuck with lyrics and how, how do you, how do you make that more meaningful or more poetic? Um, so I think I take a lot of inspiration from what you just said. Um, just, just, you know, letting the words mm. just be there, you know, um, I think that's, that's a very, very cool way to go about it. Cause you know, it's, uh, I feel like also it's something that you mentioned about apple pie, the, that song. I think sometimes people, listeners can also interpret too much meaning into <laughs> lyrics um so it's one thing to write a song with a lot of intention behind lyrics mm-hmm. and then another thing is to be like okay here's my song and people are oh, oh like that must be about this or that yeah or, you know, i mean that can be fun but of course nobody can really know what you meant mm-hmm. unless i, I unless it. i tell them but uh yeah exactly I'm, I'm, i usually mm-hmm. don't <laughs> And then it still might mean something completely different to mm. them personally. Yeah. And so, yeah, lyrics can be so, so random in a way and still, still be meaningful. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think I have some fun questions that I would like to ask you. Um, so if you could um, collaborate with any musician in the world, uh, living or dead, who would, <laughs> who would you like to work with? Right now, I think uh, Paul McCartney would be my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's a classic. I mean, that uh, takes no explanation. Yeah. Yeah, and I would probably tell him, Paul, forget what you did in the last thirty <laughs> years. <laughs> no, there are some. I don't know. It. I. Uh, he. Uh, how do I say this? Mm. He's still he's still a really good songwriter, mm-hmm. but he's always been he's always been playing mm-hmm. pop music. And I think nowadays pop music kind of sucks, and but he's just still playing pop music, and thus his music kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I I liked uh, some songs of his mm-hmm. last album, of his uh, latest album, um, but a lot of it is just really I don't know. There's too much auto tune and uh, too too much in- influenced by modern pop music that I just don't mm-hmm. like so much. Um, but uh, um, but I get it. Like I, like I said, he's always been playing pop music, and this is just the pop music mm-hmm. from now. So he's playing that. Mm-hmm. That's what he does. Mm. So maybe meet with yeah. him f- with a Paul McCartney from nineteen seventy or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. from the Ram era, maybe. I love that album, Ram, uh, mm. especially with. Um, wings and everything that was a very fresh start yeah 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 i love mm. what the beatles did on their own as well you know their own uh solo yeah. uh, trips <laughs> <laughs> yeah um if, if you could like have a time machine and travel back to any musical event in history what would you where would you go oh, that's actually a good question because most of the time people ask uh to which decade uh you would mm-hmm. travel would like to travel back and that's a difficult question because it's um on one hand there are so many cool things happening and or there were so many cool things happening in different decades but also 
we have come quite a long way. Uh, like we we're uh, talking about social justice and stuff like that. I wouldn't like to go back to the sixties or the seventies because people were awful. <laughs> like not all of them, of course, but um, like racism yeah. and sexism and stuff like that was just so normal. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's still nowadays for, for so many people, but not as many people like not uh, so accepted anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And that's really important for me. Like I, I don't want to be surrounded by sexist uh, racists uh, and yeah. that are maybe cool musicians, but um, yeah. that's not enough. But the musical event. Mm, And Maybe except Woodstock. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> just, just, I just wanted to say uh, because Woodstock is uh, like, um, yeah, maybe not that because also there they <laughs> there were so many uh, weird things happening there, like uh, like people tearing down the fences and uh, running over everything, and then no water and no uh, no food and just. And then all the mm -hmm. rain and, uh, and all the toilets just uh, overflowing and uh, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I think I'm happy that I wasn't there, uh, and I just can look at the cool things, and that's an, from a distance. That's okay. Um, but maybe, um, I mean, I could also just say a Beatles concert now. But uh, then also, Beatles concerts uh, most likely sucked. Uh, Especially during you their didn't hear yeah right, so many people just <laughs> shouting their their hearts out. Um, so n mm -hmm. no to that. Um, although maybe uh, the the their last performance on the rooftop of the of the Abbey Road yeah. uh, Studios, um, maybe That's that one. Uh, yeah, because I'm I'm also uh, I'm also a cameraman and uh, mm -hmm. an editor and, and doing media stuff. And then being one of the cameramen for that last concert, that would maybe be the coolest thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, that's a really cool answer. Um, also because it was such a new thing back then, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, for us it's still cool and everything, but nobody's done that before yeah. at that time. Yeah. And Londoners were just like looking up and were like, what? Like, yeah. Is that, like, the police. Is that the Someone called the police and, <laughs> and they shut them down. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so it's so <laughs> hilarious. Um, they were really something, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it it's it's hard. You know, I would also love to be a fly on the wall there, maybe yeah. <laughs> in in Abbey Road Studios mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. Being one of these, uh, uh, what are they, the the Hare Krishna friends of George Harrison, just hanging out yeah. in the corner <laughs> while they were recording, <laughs> just sitting there <laughs> meditating. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good idea, I think. Uh, but once we find a time machine, <laughs> we know what to do. <laughs> yeah, um, so um, I have a few final questions now. So what's what's next for you? Um, you just released the album. Yeah, that's... A, what's next? That's... Um, um, I should be playing a lot of gigs now, uh, promoting the album. But I'm not. <laughs> I've, um, I've become... I don't know, I've... Uh, I've been thinking a lot, uh, and mm, like playing a lot of shows in Berlin isn't really the thing I want to I want to do right now. Maybe the time is coming again. Um, 
yeah, I'm still sometimes going to open mics and play one or two songs. Um, and there are definitely some some gigs happening in the next few months um, that I'm going to post about on on the social medias and uh, and my newsletter that I'm having and um, that I for- forget about really often. <laughs> and then after two months, it's like, oh shit, I should write the people like, hey, I still exist, I'm still alive, and I'm still playing. Uh, yeah, but. Um, there are some things happening, and I want to. I would like to do a, like a full band show in, sometime in summer. Um, so this is probably gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll stay tuned for that. Yeah, and also, I there are so many new, already new songs and new recordings that I have uh, that I have made, mm. and I'm still thinking of how to how to deal with that. Like, I, I can't really just throw them out there now. Um, although some of them are almost finished already and um, it just needs like one violin recording and then the song is done. Um, and But I think it's it's too close to, to my last, uh, uh, to, to a lot of freaks uh, to release the next one already mm, before actually promoting this one enough. <laughs> um, so yeah. Yeah. And I came to the thought that I'm not really, um, I'm not going to be a big star. I'm not going to, uh, uh, yeah, I'm not, not going to change the world with, uh, with what I do. Maybe like a little bit uh, in my little circles around me, and that's enough. Uh, and I, I really, despite all this business shit, and people keep on telling me, yeah, but that's what you have to do nowadays. If you want to be a musician, if you want your music to be heard, you have to also deal with the business stuff. And then I think, yeah, well, okay, then my music just gets listened to by 30 people. And that's that's okay, because I'm still doing what I love. And I don't have to deal with all the shit that I really hate. I don't know. I, I really don't, <laughs> uh, don't want to do this. Like, I'm... I'm really enjoying things like that, I'm, like uh, being on your podcast. Uh, I'm really honored uh, to to be here, and I'm really happy. Um, uh, and also, like playing shows and posting stuff on Instagram, um, but really digging into the whole statistics and the and stuff like that. It's just not me. It's just not my thing. Um, so yeah. I'm, I'm probably. Let, let's call it. I'm gonna stay underground. <laughs> I'm gonna be uh-huh. the secret underground yeah. uh, tip. <laughs> the real indie musician. I mean, you know, there's some labels like from major labels that call that indie. You know, and it's not really indie. It's actually major labels. And so you're the real indie mu- musician. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so underground that no one knows me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, the thing is, if you do what you love, chances are that people actually dig your vibe. And it's a lot more authentic, too, when you try to sell something. And people get behind that real quick. You know, sometimes uh, I see th- stuff on social media and I'm thinking like, oh, somebody's just trying to sell me something or their music. And it just doesn't feel doesn't feel authentic or like something I want to listen to, you know. So keep doing what you do. Um, I think it's very inspiring. 
Um, and yeah, loved having you on the podcast. And it's also been a great honor. Um, where can we find you on social media? Do you have any uh, like Instagram, Facebook? Um, it's it's really easy actually. You just have to um, open your search and en uh, engine. Uh, don't don't use Google. They suck. Uh, <laughs> use Ecosia or some some alternative. And mm -hmm. type in Mabloni, and then you'll find me because there's only me. Yeah, with you're the name. only one. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm the only Mabloni there is, uh, as far as I know. And so, if you search for Mabloni uh, on the internet, uh, you'll find me. Uh, and then you find my Instagram and my Facebook that I'm not very active on, but uh, yeah, and. What else? Like the the streaming platforms that I don't want to promote uh, <laughs> because they also suck. <laughs> um, go to Bandcamp. That's actually a good thing. Uh, yeah, everybody should go to Bandcamp and, and buy musicians' stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, buy merch and buy songs uh, instead of instead of going to the streaming platforms, <laughs> the the big ones. <laughs> But yeah, you can find me there. Yeah, well, I think um, I will definitely stay tuned for uh, your concert coming up in Berlin. Um, and um, keep us posted. I can share it also on, on my little Instagram <laughs> channel. And yeah, uh, yeah cool. we'll spread the word there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for being a guest on this show. Um, and uh, yeah, hope thank to see you. you live in person sometime. Yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you liked it. If you did, head on over to social media and let's connect there. Thanks again and talk to you soon.